fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. 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 How's everyone today? Look at this, Saturday, March 12th, 2011, episode 65 of the Hotbox. My name is Matt, and this is Sandy. Hello, Sandy. Hi. Also joining us back from Helena, our very own Hotbox politician <laughs> in training. Are, are you a full-fledged politician? Absolutely not. Ian, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Big Sky Health representing in Helena, well, compassionate. Compassion centers, centers of compassion centers of Montana, representing in Helena. Well, mm-hmm. how many people would you say showed up? Quite a few. Hundreds. Hundreds. Awesome. Uh, I'd like to start out the show by saying you are all encouraged and more than welcome to call this show at any time. And you know what that number is? I'm going to give it to you. That's four zero six. Wait, do you got a pen? I'll wait. Get a pen. Four zero six. Two zero four four six eight seven. Oh, and I would like to point out that if you if you scroll down to the bottom of the chat screen, huh. it is also printed right there. Really interesting. Okay. That that the show when the show is live, you can call in to that number. All right. Well, if you guys are on facebook.com slash hotbox podcast, that's our page. Yes. That's uh, I think the the page is the new group, but more. So yes. I think uh, the page is where we'll be. Doing everything. I'll keep posting in the group, of course, because, you know, we have 422 members now. Yes. And if you are if you remember 420, I'm just curious, uh, uh, email info at hotboxpodcast.com. I'd like to just say hi and yes. see who you are. That was cool. I took a picture of it because I, I saw, saw that. I was like, yeah, 420 <laughs> members. I'm going to close membership now. <laughs> Locked at 420. <laughs> but so I, this is history. This is, this is amazing. And I'm glad that on episode 65, we can... We can talk about this. Yes. We got our first piece of Hotbox hate mail. Hello. Yay. Yay. This uh, gentleman, uh, I didn't write down his name, but if you're on the page, you can see it. He says, hey, listen for the first time last night. Very unimpressive, Aww. guys. I'm sorry we didn't impress you. Aww. You sound like a bunch of snot-nosed kids whining or Are- winning. Did he say winning? He said winning. Oh, because, yeah, we are winning. We win all the time. We do. Us and and Charlie. And the children comment, I would like to point (laughs) out that I believe we have both either exited our 20s or are near exiting our 20s. I'm 30. I turn 30 in a few months, so. Uh, Do you have any formal training? Uh, I'm going to say no, because when I was in school, there wasn't a podcast 101 class. But I'll tell you what, I figured out all on my own how to take my living room and turn it into something that I can broadcast high quality audio and video to the world. Good job. I know. With no formal training needed. Yeah. Amazing. You say a two hour show. No. When did we? Uh, I would. It's still, an hour show. I would like to know where when start. That said. Fifteen minutes late. Once I didn't okay. know we were on a tight time frame. I'm sorry. Well, were but you busy? also it was like the first time we had been late in months, and yeah. not that it was anybody's business. We were recording a video for a patient that wanted to take it to the Senate oh, hearing. I'm sorry. We had a reason to be a little bit late. And honestly, in podcast land, you'd be grateful that we start 
the day we're going to say we start because <laughs> most shows out there, mm, not very reliable. I'm just going to throw that out there. Is that true? Yes. There, oh. there are podcasts that do not air when or they they'll, say they they'll set a schedule and then they'll not really stick to it. Like we broadcast Tuesday and Saturday around 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern. Mm-hmm. Just like our other show, The Jam Hole. Mm-hmm. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern, around that time. Mm-hmm. And until we get a corporate sponsorship that makes us do and say what they want us to do, we'll do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like that, you can choose from about a million other podcasts out there. Feel free. And hit the little X in the top right of your screen, and that will make the whole thing go away. Yep, forever. Uh, yeah, 15 minutes late, and only go an hour in true stoner, slurred speech, ranting fashion? Okay, I listened to that episode, <laughs> we were very and I did not hear us ranting in slurred speech. You know speech. what I heard? I heard us winning. <laughs> the whole show. <laughs> I heard us discussing the survey that Safe Community Safe Kids put sure, out. Sure, sure. In a very well-educated and intelligent manner. Mm-hmm. I only dropped the F-bomb like twice, so come on. <laughs> and considering the information we were reading... <laughs> you didn't really answer anyone's questions Who other... Who a question? Other, ask a question! Other than <laughs> to make them feel demoralized by your condescending attitude. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like that? Is that well, my... The only question I really <laughs> remembered, I awesome. answered. And it was, when did Montana become a medical marijuana state? And my answer was, I typed it, 2004. Yep. And hey, there's a chat room there. We encourage questions. There's a uh, phone call line. We encourage phone calls. So, 406-204-4687. Tell us we're gay, please. Uh, you are not a moral leader. Uh, I didn't I don't think we ever be. claimed to be that, definitely. Uh, and with the type of rhetoric on the show, you're fast becoming equal to Jason Christ oh. in my eyes as far as your positive influences for the industry. That was low. Yeah. I really? have not been on the cover of a single newspaper for threatening nope, to blow anybody up. You know what I have done, though? I haven't been arrested for breaking probation. No, nope, me neither. I'm not on probation. No, nope, me neither. I've never been arrested. Nice. Nice. Yeah. See? Nice. See? Me neither. I don't see how we're... I'll tell you what we have done for the uh, industry. We filmed and streamed live the whole MMGA symposium. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try and make videos out of that stuff. Those are all posted. We interviewed Irv Rosenfeld, yeah, and Morgan, Morgan Fox and from the MPP. We've got, I interviewed people from Montanans Heidi. for responsible legislation. Yeah. Hmm. So I'd say we've done uh, quite a bit more. Pop- yeah. What have you done uh, for the the industry, sir? Are you uh, anywhere? What have you done? Just just curious. Call me a hater and erase this, but grow up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, when I become forty and miserable like you, I'll be sure to send you a message. Ask yourselves this: Would the people of Montana that voted for this respect what you're doing and how you're carrying yourselves? Hey, Montana, how are we doing? Bruce Hanford says, hey, I'm 55, (laughs) and I think Bruce says we're doing fine, so, yeah. Uh, If you're going to have a talk show, you should allow people to talk on your show. Call the fucking number! I'm sorry, that was out of place. (laughs) Call the number. If you'd like to talk, anyone is more than welcome to. I don't even have it block restricted numbers. You can just call. Wow. I know. 406-204-4687. Did I mention that? You can call in at any time throughout this two-hour show. No, it's an hour. I'm It's an hour. We're not on for two. (laughs) So, uh, if you're going to have a talk show, you should let us all talk. Not all of us agree with some of your views, and allowing a forum to discuss it not only creates a better program, it boosts viewers. Well, I didn't know you were in uh, 
podcast marketing 101. Thank you. When I need to boost viewers, I'll ask you how, okay? Well, no, I won't. usually do just listen to one show. And- no, we encourage, listen to Cannabis Agenda. Go to MarijuanaPodcast.com and find one of those many shows. Yeah, there's the John Doe radio show. Normal has a podcast. Listen to the Dirtball Cottonmouth King interview on the Jam Hole Friday. I don't care. Listen to, there's so many shows. So, I just I just wanted to address that, and this goes on and on and on, and yeah, you can see a little he back was and extremely unhappy, right. So, so there you go. Just wanted yay, to thanks. let you guys know thanks that. And, yeah, and I'll, also he's no longer allowed to listen anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys got back from Helena. You went there. We had buses go there. How did the uh-huh. buses turn out? Were they good? Awesome? Actually, it was a very nice bus. We ended up with about thirty people. Um, you know, I mean, it was a tourist, one of the tourist bus, so it was very, you know, comfortable. We got there, you know, Thursday night, br- up bright and early Friday morning and headed down to the Capitol. Nice. When did you get down there, Ian? You were... Thursday morning. Nice. I left, I left my house at five in the morning, um, on Thursday. It's the earliest I've been up in at least six months. Um, I got to hell on a Thursday morning at like uh, ten o'clock, nine nine thirty. Into the mic, okay. And you, last we talked to you, you were you had some senators lined up that you were going to speak to. How did all that I, go? I, yeah. Um. Um. I on Thursday I met with uh, a couple sen or I'm sorry, actually House representatives. Um, on their break in between hearing bills, they have about a two hour break or so. Right. Um. It, I was actually really blown away. Um, I don't know if I mentioned uh, a week ago about some of the information that I had pulled up. Um, I I was really afraid that like because it's such common information like Montana crime rates and and the information. easily accessible online. If well, you yeah, take the and time so to here, look. here I am, you know, and I and I have all this information that I compiled and and you know, I really kind of thought that our elected officials, you know, would say and yes, we've seen that. What's your point? And, really, and what was their reaction? Well. They hadn't even seen the crime report. So they were just taking for granted what the opposition said about how medical marijuana in the state of Montana is increasing crime rates. Absolutely. So when taking a look at factual evidence, what did you find? Is that to the contrary of what they've oh, been absolutely. saying? Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. There, there isn't anything um, that the, the opposition has... I, I can't say anything. <laughs> there are a lot of concerns that have been voiced that are unfounded. Um, sure. You know, a third of all the high school students having medical cards. And you got... Uh, there's all these... Uh, uh, there's more crime in Montana. And you have the fact that there's organized crime organizations that have been attracted to our state because of medical marijuana. And, and really none of that's that's accurate, um, according to state information. So the, uh, the representative that I spoke with, um, he, he was really cool, really open-minded, really was interested in what I had. He asked... Right then and there, if he could keep all the information that I had, I told him that I would make copies and have them delivered to his desk because it was the only copy I had at the moment. Um, I, I, he was just really surprised. He asked, you know, where, where did I get this? And, you know, off the, <laughs> off the state's website, I got this here. And it's, it's all I have all my references in this material. So Let me can... introduce you to my friend, the Internet. <laughs> and I looked through the informational packet you handed out. And I mean, it was it's excellent. Complete. We're going to work complete. together, I think, and uh, digitize this so that people can have access to it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's it's 35, It's an amazing resource. It's it's 35 pages long and, and absolutely every page in here except for one or two 
is pertaining to concerns with medical marijuana. You basically addressed everything the opposition was crying about in this easy to follow referenced yes. factual piece of and informational that's the material. The thing is it was referenced because a lot of the opposition does not provide where they got the information and your Well, I don't think my ass counts as a reference. <laughs> so I can see them not wanting to reference their BS material. But sure, that's did you look at this? I did. Oh, my goodness. I know. This man put in some work. He did. Very impressive. Very. So Thursday, after talking to the representative and him wanting copies of all these things, I thought, well, if if he hasn't seen the crime report and he hasn't seen the medical marijuana information right. and, and he hasn't read anything about like gateway theories and he hasn't read anything about drug use, drug abuse, what we talked about last time. How wide has, stretched is this? Yeah. Uh, crash culpability. Um, all of these things. If he hadn't seen any of that, then I was pretty guaranteed that the, either had the senators or right. the people that were going to be in the judiciary hearing. I, it, crime, and the, the, do you cr- believe this is information they need to have in their possession to make an informed decision on this absolutely definitely absolutely if, if, if do you know making... why they haven't because uh, that seems like common yeah. sense right well right but um <laughs> if, if you have a hundred things going on right and, and right these representatives our elected officials it's it's not like they're lollygagging i think because as medical marijuana patients and activists that's all we focus on we're removed from the fact that these senators are running the state and the country and this is one of many. There are hundreds of bills. Exactly. Going but to us, this is bills. the only one because Correct. it's the only one we care about at the I moment. I hope this isn't the only bill that you're aware well, yeah, of. Well, exactly. But yeah, if it is, then yeah, it's the, it's the one thing that you find very important. Right. And, and that's cool. And unfortunately, um, for most of these individuals, this is a bill that they're going to hear about next Thursday and they're going to figure it out then because they have so much on their plate to deal with that they probably don't have the time to do their own research to find all of these things out for themselves. That's where it's our responsibility as citizens to provide them with this kind of information that they can use to make an educated decision about the future of our state. Right. Well, Um, there it is. and so what what was the response from extremely positive um the representative that i met with uh is extremely pleased that i brought this and had him gave him a copy and and i went through each copy and highlighted um important information and i put page markers on the side so i mean it was really easy to use you could look at the the concern on the side of the book and say oh uh age of patients okay what's what's this say or you could say you know crime index or there was one for cannabis as a gateway and so you could yeah if if one of those concerns were your own concern you could easily flip to that page and see the information that I compiled about that particular subject. So what you're saying is any activist armed with this material, excuse me, this material, they could combat and answer any opposition question that was thrown at them. Not any, um, uh, not any question. Okay. How, how widespread there's, there's about 10 subjects in this book. Okay. I would say Uh, 10 good ones. The main complaints and arguments. Correct. Gotcha. The other thing is, is, is I noticed that some people that are very supportive of medical marijuana found this information just as interesting. Um, a lot of this stuff is not known by either side. Um, a lot of uh, medicinal patients or marijuana users 
they don't know this stuff either mm-hmm. uh, because the, the, what you know is what you've you know studied and looked up and and so a lot of people don't even know that there are less kids in Montana according to a government survey using marijuana than there was several years ago and so that's something that even that nobody really knows and and they certainly couldn't give a, a percent or a number or why or what they're moving on to or any of those things and so that's that's most of the that was my focus of this information is to not only educate the opposition but to educate our side of this issue too um yeah, and bruce hanford in the chat he says what about the material that mmga put out to all of them they also made a booklet that kind of fell on deaf ears i heard I, I think there's. I, I think I remember. Didn't they hand that to the House of Representatives and not the right, Senate? Right, right, right. Um, and and I think I looked through that, and those those issues were more of a um, a refined or focused in issue about like teleclinics. Mm-hmm. Uh, teleclinics is is kind of a side issue, right? Um, um, th- that's not the emotional fear part of this issue. Um, and 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 I don't remember all the topics that they. Um, put there. The other thing is, is that uh, if I remember correctly, they didn't necessarily talk about you know things that are important to the public per se, like the crime rate, like kids using drugs, and 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 the the same fear topics that we've been having to you know combat for so many years now. Um, I, I, but like I said, I, I I don't remember every topic that the MMGA had put out. In that yeah, right. I did glimpse through it and look at it. And you um, actually went to them and was like, here, you didn't just mail the, it. And I don't know to, exactly. To the house the, representatives, right. uh, to the individuals that I handed it out to, it was, it was over a handshake and an introduction and, um, a, 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 a few sentences, some dialogue about here is some information that you may want to be aware of. And, it's it's not really in like it's it's not in support of repeal and it's definitely not necessarily in defense of repeal because it's really neutral information it's it's good for everybody to know this whether you're against marijuana or for marijuana or any you know whatever your position may be this is all information that you can use to know things um, and it's all from our state too. absolutely like yeah. you know from the state report uh i love this sentence um it's speaking about the crime rate, and it's currently at its lowest rate in a 32-year period. And just being a citizen of Montana, isn't that nice to know that? It's comforting, right? Yeah. Like, like wh- I can leave my car unlocked and not worry about people <laughs> robbing things. I've never, I never lock my car. There's I nothing don't either. Stealing, <laughs> but, I know. Like, you know, take it, please. If if, if you want to take my empty energy drink can out, please, <laughs> please. You can get five cents for it down it, the road. Right, I hear. Right. Do your part. Come on. And and so, and it, it, my other position or my other my other statement to the individuals that I gave this to was I I'm not saying that medical marijuana lowered the crime rate. I I'm just saying that because of medical marijuana, we don't have more crime. And it's very obvious looking at some of these charts and graphs that crime is on the on on a decline. Uh, even drug offenses, violent crimes, um, homicides, and this is completely crime, opposite of what the opposition is saying. Larceny, theft, and and these are all the crimes that totally opposite that us marijuana users commit while we're um, under the influence, right? Yeah, wow. Right. Larceny, theft. I'm you know, I'm itching for some larceny right now. Actually, I, I'm. You guys don't even know what I'm going through right now to keep myself in this seat and not go out and commit homicide or larceny. Justin Fan says, 2012 ballot measure, not allowing the legislator to overturn voter-enacted initiatives on only allowing to put it back to the voters. 
<laughs> Good idea. Good idea. I, I, For next time, you know. I think that's the Tenth Amendment of our Constitution, too. Oh, even better idea. <laughs> Let's follow the uh, Constitution. Constitution. Huh. Yeah. Interesting I'm thought. pretty sure there's a law against that, too. Your thoughts on that? Give us a call, 406-204-4687. Here's a mind-blowing concept throughout the whole show. You can just call whenever. Isn't that weird? I need you to tell me now. Call now. Well, call now. <laughs> I know, uh, and I shouldn't be condescending because not everyone knows how podcasts work. Well, I think you know we still have a little bit of bitterness from the gentleman who was telling us we were doing everything wrong. But you know, bitter? It's okay. I'm not bitter. So, when and Justin <laughs> Fan says you should medicate if you're feeling violent. I completely agree. I will tell you, I completely agree. So, what did you? What did you see as the problems being with the turnout? I, I read a couple blog posts and uh, some stories here and there, and I was totally going to do that for you. <laughs> okay. So uh, we have another poll online. This one uh, is off of the kpax.com site. Medical marijuana in Montana. Repeal, reform, or leave in place? Now... I want you guys to, to take a close look at how clever that was. You take the people that are for marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. And if we can split them up into as many choices as possible, it'll make the one solid just get rid of it completely vote look huge. And then the one for, so do you want it reformed or do you want it left as is? Well, I definitely don't want it repealed, so... I'm going to say I want it left as is. Okay, well, next person. Do you want it reformed, repealed, or left as is? And he's like, well, I don't want it repealed. I don't want it left as is, though. I see that there are a few problems here. So I'm going to say reformed. Now this splits our vote in half. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it you looks didn't s- like repeal has the most votes, while the other two have slightly fewer. And you know what's funny? Hmm. It's even catching up to that. So <laughs> even with us being split between left as is and reform, 35.7% say reformed, 392 say repeal, and then 251 say left as is. And if you add, of course, if you add the numbers together, we're blowing them away. But yeah, it, I think it's funny how they stated this. Well, and I mean, you can even see that if you were in Helena, you could tell. But how many people showed up to speak against the repeal compared to how many showed up to speak for the repeal? I mean, there were a handful of people there in support of the repeal, but of course they kept pointing out that they didn't have the numbers because they have real jobs and lives and, you know, it wasn't apparently that important to be there. Yeah. So, tell us. Tell you. Next time, when we go to Helena, what are the do's and don'ts? Dress appropriately. Okay. Maybe take your hat off when you're in a a respectful place. Well, yeah. And I mean, Mm. you know, if if you're going to a job interview, you don't just wear jeans and a t-shirt and say they'll hire me as is because this is who I am. I have the right to be who I am. Because I like to think that people judge me on who I am and not what I look like. Except that I don't know what world you're living in, but that's not how life works. Exactly. We need to conduct and look in a respectful manner when we are trying to address these people you know you don't have to like them to dress up nice you right. know i mean you just need to dress up nice and and 
coherent and logically. Shower. Yes. Maybe. No shower. patchouli, maybe? Okay, thanks. Shower. Uh, I, um, I mean. What do you think about the difference between a Senate hearing and a protest? A uh, protest is normally on... A, pro- a protest and a Senate hearing are totally different. What do Senate you think? Hearing, I like... What do you think of... Pol- what do politicians <laughs> feel about protests? How do they feel about that? Positive? That's my line. Uh, that's beautiful. How? Tell us, Ian, please. <laughs> Politicians do not like protests at and, all, and they don't like demonstrations. They don't right. that that they don't respond positively to that. They like silent. Go in the booth and cast your vote and be done. They don't want hell. No, we won't go. Or we're here. We're queer. Get over it. Or and, whatever. Like they don't. That's not. <laughs> welcome to Wisconsin. If you're yelling that you're union yelling in the hallways, being escorted out by police, and, right. and you see how well it worked for them. Actually, it didn't. So no, it didn't at all. Did it? Yeah, I mean, if you're going and you're trying to Bruce Sanford, you need to look good. <laughs> they hate them. I agree. Right. I mean, it was. It so no was... picket signs in the Senate hearing next time, maybe. No. Okay. None of that. Ties, shirts, silent, hands folded in front of you, standing there. Be polite. Absolutely nothing. Like, stand there and be bored for the entire time. Are you thinking maybe the time for the picket signs was leading up to this point? And not actually absolutely. in the the hearing itself. A- absolutely. Well, right. and they won't let signs or anything like that in the hearing room. And well, it's televised, and it's not it's not the time or place for mm-hmm. that kind of thing. This is the big times, the big Correct. leagues. Correct. Right. And and if 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 you didn't think that like dressing up was appropriate because you can do what you want to do, like I just th- this is something hey buddy, like- this is America. If I want to smoke pot and dress like a goddamn hippie, well then I'm gonna do it because it's America. If you don't like it, then get it. What do you say to people that say that? Because there's a lot. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, it, it's it's really unfortunate that that we have lost touch with the fact that we're the ones that have created the situation of that situation. Like we're the ones that support the fact that we have a Capitol building, that people wear suits and ties to work. Like we are, we are in support of that. We pay taxes. We are right. members of the society. If we weren't, it wouldn't be it's, the it's norm. It's not really their game. It's our game. It's too. America's live, game. Yeah. We live here. And, and even if you don't agree with it, like to be accepted as equals, you're going to have to make an effort to, to appear to that other person to be your equal and if they recognize dress or if they recognize certain things, you should be cognizant of that and respect the fact that you're looking for equality right. and not to be looked down upon, especially with the people that have the power to look down upon you. Right. And now if you want to change the very fabric of how politics works, then you can definitely do that, but not at a Senate hearing, right? Yeah, there's absolutely. There's channels. Times and places for it, everything. Right. If you want to change the way that that stuff works, there's a time and a place for and that. And don't get us wrong, like, the turnout, that was awesome, right? Yeah, it was, it was it a just, great turnout. It's just, they were expecting to see a bunch of people underdressed and acting like they ran the Capitol building. They were expecting that. It would have made a better impact and I think more of an impact if they would have walked in and seen a large group of cannabis patients and caregivers and activists all nicely dressed quietly waiting for their turn to speak and and not 
just, you know, dressed in whatever you grabbed this morning and wearing your hat and holding a sign and being angry and abrasive. Uh, Justin Fan says, where is Tom Dober in this discussion? I have a different uh, approach to this discussion. Okay. I, I think that I think that Helena would have went a lot better if there was a little bit of organization between the people. And, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm going to be hypocritical. No, I did not stand up and take charge of everybody that was there because nobody really knows who I am. A lot of the people that were there know who Tom DeBear is. And I think that I, I really wish that somebody would have stood up and, and directed the crowd in what to do. Everybody line up over here and shut up. Sit over here and do absolutely nothing if you want to help. Just be here in person. We don't need to be making a, a scene out in the hallway during this. And and there was just really no direction. There's a lot of people walking around. It's probably you know they they didn't know where they what they were gonna do or what was going on or how the process. Do you worked. think that maybe everyone expected their caregivers to kind of be the leaders, and then all of the caregivers kind of lead to some other person that's telling them what to do because it's hard to talk and organize a whole bunch of people unless you've done it before and you know what you're doing right yeah so it almost seemed like everyone was kind of looking for their to their caregivers and people that they went there with for direction and the caregivers were like well we were just gonna kind of show up and see what happened you know and i guess like you're saying it would have been good for somebody that is well-known and has been doing this for a long time to maybe step up and be like, yo, everyone needs to pay attention and, you know, this is how it has to go. Absolutely. There's another angle to that, too, and and I think that a lot of us have respect for each other's wishes. And me personally, like, it's going to be really hard for me to, like, tell you to do something a certain way because I respect your freedom to do whatever you would like. Even though I'm saying that that's, you know, like dressing nice and we should have done, some people should have done some things differently. I, I, I really, I guess I would have a hard time being the one telling somebody else how to do something because I respect your ability to make your own decisions. Right, right. But maybe this isn't something that these people experience all that often and so they do need that guidance it was my first time um okay some of us have more common sense than others okay some (laughs) of us are born leaders and some are followers so when i went there on thursday i mean i looked like a a lost fish too i mean my my eyes were all big around and i was really nervous it's kind of intimidating at first right to ask where to go like what, what floor where do i go i had no idea what i was doing you know and so um, after being in the building for, I don't know, I was probably there for four or five hours on Thursday. Um, I, I finally got my confidence up, you know, and, and puffed my chest up and, and just started like a- acting like I, I like your tax dollars what... actually pay for this place to run. Right. And so I, <laughs> okay. you know, I, I would walk into the secretary's office and, and not demand, but kind of ask, uh, authoritatively, like where to, like, what should I do in this situation? And, and it really like. It was really easy to navigate in the building and, and present myself in a good manner after I'd been there for a little while, loosened up a little bit, and kind of figured that, uh, you know, I, I had every right to be there myself. That's This right. is my state capitol building, and if, if I want to walk over here and talk to this individual, that's what this building is here for. Right, exactly. That's, Just being They're not going to be like, whoa, whoa, go through the proper email me or something. You know, like, that's what they're there for, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I think that if... if in I think that if you would approach them in a certain way, there would be some level of that if well, you made right. them feel uncomfortable. But 
like I said, uh, handing out these these uh, portfolios with a handshake and, and like a sincere, like, you know, this is my name. I'm from Kalispell, and here's some information I've compiled. I'd really appreciate that if you just looked through this quickly or over right. the weekend. Because or that whatever. shows you took it upon yourself to compile this information, then get in your car and drive all the way to Helena and present it like you care about this obviously they're gonna pick up on that and they're gonna talk to you i felt bad because i mean i saw everything ian had and i had a little piece of notebook paper (laughs) scribbles on it of what i was gonna say and i'm like oh wow well so you didn't get a chance to talk did you no i didn't you had mentioned something that maybe next time we need to prioritize knowing that you're only going to have a, a minimal amount of time so we need to prioritize the people that are speaking. Well, and they, the chairman, I think, when they first started the whole hearing, even said, you know, this is how it's going to work. And, and said, you know, you should pick two to three people that you feel are going to make the most impact and, and have them speak. But I think that the people speaking against the repeal didn't do that. They didn't sit there and say, okay, we know these people have a story and they need to, you know, they need to be the ones to tell their story. Like I said, organization. If if somebody would have been, if everybody would have been lined up in an orderly fashion, somebody, if if there was organization, it could have been, you know, what what are you going to talk about? What what do you have prepared? You know, like, well, th- do you feel that maybe this other person has more beneficial things for the collective than? You know, um, you hurt your wrist snowboarding. Like, you know, there should, like, everybody that's involved with this should realize the people that maybe would be making more of an impact. I definitely think that, you know, personal stories and personal testimony about your own experience with marijuana should be left to the individuals that are heart moving. The, 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 the young man in the wheelchair about his legs. I'm pretty sure that I'm not ever going to forget that. And, Every, and so, everybody in the room I was in was crying while he was talking. Right, and so like that's great. But if you know there's a, I'm not trying to say it's not good or you shouldn't have your opportunity to speak your mind or tell people how you feel. But in a situation where time is limited and it's going to have an impact on the future of medical marijuana in Montana, exactly, yeah, there should be some some prioritizing of people's speeches. Like, right. Hey, how you doing? Yes, call. You're live on the hot box. Please turn your feet off in the background. Hey, how you doing? Yes, What's call. You're live on the hot box. Oh, thank you. Turn the feet. Okay, that's terrible. Now, let, do we need to have? Okay, when you do call into a show and you're listening. The proper thing to do is to actually turn us off and then talk on the phone, and so otherwise there's nasty feedback and it's a it terrible experience us. for everyone. So uh, just kind of keep that in mind if you uh, want to call and and voice. And see, when I was four zero six two zero four four six eight I. I made sure that I didn't just run right up and speak because I knew that there were other people who who should speak before me, you know? And so I was waiting, and if there was time, then I, you know, was going to get up and speak. But, I mean, they got to the point where they were telling people, state your name and that you oppose the repeal. That's that's all you have time for. Wow. You know, because there were just, the line just kept going on and on, and not everyone had the the chance to come up and and say what they were going to say. And then people didn't even get a chance to say everything they were going to say. Because those first few people, you know, they took their time. 
And there were several very good stories. But then later on, there were the other people that they they more time was taken up <laughs> than should have been, you know? Right. And I'm not saying that nobody has the right to speak. It's the Capitol building. You have every right to get up and speak. It was just what you were speaking about, you know? I mean, everybody has a, something a little different to say. I mean, mine, mine was even a little different than... I guess I was thinking about the safe commie mommies when I was writing mine as opposed to, you know, some of the other people out there. I approached it as a mom. Well, and as you should. So, well, that's awesome. I'm glad that, you know, the turnout was good. And how do you you think it's going to go? Are we we good? Is is the over-regulation wave coming? What do you think? Anyone want to call in to 406-204-4687? What do you think? Turn the feed off when you do. Honestly, I, I don't think uh, if anybody wa- watched this or, or was there, um, th- there were a few senators that I, I don't. I, I honestly don't think that the repeal is going to leave that uh, judiciary committee. Um, there were several senators there. Um, I'm, I wish I knew the individual's name because I'd be the first one to be writing him a thank you letter to um, thank him for for asking the proponents uh, some hard questions about what was legal, what was illegal, if he had evidence of things, and, and what really, were some of the give a, give us a couple examples. Um, he asked one of the um, police chiefs if he had any empirical evidence that medical marijuana had been attracting organized crime. And uh, the officer's response, um, he gave the definition of organized crime, and and, and the senator had to kind of restate the question. And and the answer is no, that they don't have any empirical evidence of medical marijuana. And so these these kind of hard questions, and this has to go back with with concerns that have been voiced about crime. Um, Another question was... um, uh, out of oh, state. About, oh, yeah, about importing drugs, importing marijuana into Montana, and mm-hmm. and there is not a law in Montana of, about bringing marijuana in from outside sources. There's not. It's, that's not against Montana law. And and having the police chief have to admit that one of his complaints wasn't illegal is it really kind of brings um, some of these fears, I think, to some of these senators' attention. That a lot of these are emotional fears instead of right. um, actual conditions, um, and and again, this is these these are these are people that want facts and and blunt information. Pardon the pun, to make an educated decision. Like I said, it's our responsibility to bring information to these individuals so that they can make these decisions. It's it's not really our responsibility to. Uh, you know, cry for our rights. Like they understand that we have rights, but they want to see us prove that we're, you know, not, not causing all of these negative things in our, in our neighborhoods today. Do you, did, is it okay if I read what I was oh, going to say really quick? Yeah, and, for sure. And you guys can tell me what you think. Cause I would really like to know if it's something I should type up and send into them or if it's just more, of the same story over and over. But this is actually what... I, it's not that long, but it was just kind of what I had prepared that I was going to say to them if I had the chance to get up there and speak. So... Excellent. Okay? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Lay it on us. So, my name is Sandy. I am a 29-year-old wife and mother of three. One of my children is autistic, and I may be a newer mom, but I have all of the fears mother have plus a few. I have lived in Montana virtually my entire life, as has my husband, and I was raised by a drug addiction counselor who operated a successful business in Kalispell for over 15 years before his retirement. 
I was also second in my D.A.R.E. class in Kalispell several years before high school. I attended Flathead High in the 90s and can tell you drugs were there. Based on what I've heard, they have been around for many years before. I was also told how dangerous they were, but made a decision and used cannabis eight years before medical marijuana was available. Medical marijuana is not what is bringing this into our schools. I believe the only tool for combating this issue is parenting. I know it will be hard, but I plan on being responsible for teaching my children how I hope they handle those tough decisions they may face. Personally, I believe fearing for your children based on a sign in town or a picture or knowing that there are medical cannabis patients out there is a sign someone may be worried their children are unprepared. This should not be a reason to cause thousands to needlessly suffer. Parents cannot rely on the people at school or in our government to instill morals and beliefs that they hope their children have. I agree there are, unfortunately, people who misuse medical cannabis. Myself, and I'm sure many others, do not condone their actions, and these few should be held responsible for breaking the law. When someone gets a DUI for alcohol, though, we don't go through this process. We regulate, change alcohol percentages, hours that it's sold, places sold, and prepare guidelines for those selling alcohol. I am a caregiver. The majority of the people I help are of the older generation, 45 plus, and from every walk of life. And many of them got their card when they felt safe they could use their medicine without being harassed and persecuted. They felt safe. Montanans should feel safe. That's more than just a right. I feel repeal would make thousands of our citizens scared. Scared for their health, quality of life, and scared for their rights. I hope you vote no on the repeal. Thank you. That's perfect. It was concise. It was really showing them the contrast of what's going on in reality and what's going on in the reality that certain groups are trying to create. Mm-hmm. So. And I mean, it's all it's all perspective. It's all relative. So, mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot of people that were. Uh, uh, and can I? Am I the face of this industry? I'm nowhere near that. Right at all. Don't want to be. Don't at all. That's we're a podcast that talks about medical. Okay, there seems to be some uh, <laughs> some discussion in the chat about how I. I, I don't even know. Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. Not important. Please. I noticed how a lot of people that were speaking, um, the opponents to HB 161, uh, they were bringing in uh, factors such as other drugs, like prescription drugs and things, and and um, it, there there wasn't any preface to these other chemicals. See, uh, my family, for instance, a few of the members in in my family have a, 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 an issue with me using marijuana. But using morphine and oxycotton is okay with them. They're, they're okay with me using those drugs. And even though that a lot of us marijuana users or people that are interested in these subjects feel that those drugs are a lot more harmful for us, that's not a common understanding in the world. Like uh, uh, 3.9 billion prescriptions were filled last year. I'm, so, I'm sorry, not filled, but 3.9 billion prescriptions were written last year. Uh, that's, that's an 
an enormous amount of prescriptions, figuring that we have 300 million people in this nation. Yeah. It's um, a nice stat. 123 million times was hydrocodone prescribed last year. And so there, there obviously is a, in a level of acceptance with these drugs. A lot of individuals have decided to use marijuana because of the effects of those drugs in their life. S- without prefacing the damage and danger that these other prescription drugs have done, like, talking about how bad these drugs are to uh, these senators, I, I think that really didn't make much of an impact. I don't think that most of them feel that those prescription drugs are as dangerous as we feel they are. Right. And well, so did what... You, go ahead. Did you hear the one speaker who said, um, what's next, putting heroin and crack into pills? And I know in the room I was in, everybody looked around because we were like, wait, did, okay, Obviously, he does not realize that heroin used to be a medicine. That's how we got it. And it's an opiate. So Oxycontin, I'm pretty sure, isn't that referred to as poor man's heroin? I believe so. Hillbilly yeah, heroin, yeah, actually. Yeah. And, uh, and and crack in pill form. Um, Ritalin, anybody? Adderall? Any of the amphetamine family? Hmm? Hmm? Mm, I'm pretty mean, sure. Schedule what? Not many, not many people hey, are educated. stop whining. <laughs> Just Am kidding. I whining no, about something? Totally kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. And I it's mean, <laughs> And you have to make the difference too between smoking <laughs> cannabis and actually being impaired. You know, why that's why we have guidelines like we do with alcohol. You can drink alcohol and not be impaired, but if you drink a little much, you might be. And depending on person to person, it's, it's it varies. Well, and as I pointed out, though, I mean, alcohol has been dangerous for years. We tried prohibition. It didn't work. It was reversed, right? But alcohol, when we see DUIs and our highway deaths are the highest in the country because of alcohol-related accidents, I mean, where are the repeals? Where are, what do they They're do non-existent because there's a very profitable and little bit of... And that's the unfortunate thing about all of this. Right. Is it comes down, which they, they money, pointed money, out money. several times where we get our donations from, but it doesn't come out where they get theirs. Right. It's a big deal how, you know, people supporting mm. medical marijuana are, you know, how they're funded, but it's not that big of a deal how the people against it are funded. Right. Well, we wait now. And what, Monday? Tuesday? What do we hear? This is going to be dead by the weekend. By Sunday uh, night, uh, yeah, I, I don't putting the that, clocks forward the, and the not reason... worrying about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Bruce says Monday. That's what I heard on Facebook. That's what I'm seeing in the chat. Thank what you, you Hive Mind. Appreciate that. Okay, so I, I don't think that uh, HB 161 is going to make it out of the Judiciary Senate hearing. And the, and the reason is is that a lot of information was given to our senators. There's a lot of actual helpful things that a lot of us have done um, to bring light to some of these issues that, that are pretty controversial. Right. The, the other thing is... I, th- I think the general feeling of most senators is that there's not going to be enough votes to get it passed. 
um, with with a lot of pressure on these individuals to finish a lot of other bills going through the rest of this session, which is quickly coming to an end. They're going to have to. They're they're not going to be able to carry this on for a whole lot longer. Um, and and the the let's say let's does say it come did, down to how much money are we willing to waste on arguing this back and forth? My, What's it come down I, to? I, I think there's many things that it comes yeah. down to. Many things. I can't. You, I don't think you can say that it's just one factor. Right, okay. Uh, but but let's say the let's say the repeal doesn't go anywhere. Let's let's say that they don't even get another bill passed to amend the medical marijuana bill, and so we're left with the system that we are for two years. We have a much bigger fight to fight in two years. Much more. Uh, complex. We're going to have to have a lot more effort to educate individuals. Is what we're going to have to do is get involved in writing the next bill. We're going to have to hopefully have some some individuals that are on some some lawmaking committees that are going to be able to work out something that's going to work. And and we also have to realize that we're not going to like all of the changes. There's there's going to have to be some major sacrifices. Uh, by both sides to get something that everybody is going to be able to swallow and deal with. Um, so we really need to think about, you know, in, in two years, we need to come up with uh, us advocates. A game plan. Correct. What are we going to do? And a step of, and, and kind of a, like a, you know, we're going to do this and a timeline of events so that in two years we don't feel like this is, is coming out of nowhere for a lot of us or that right. this is like a surprise. Um, I think and honestly, education, I think bringing awareness to some positive um, communal things, not just about marijuana itself, but some positive <coughs> things that maybe this industry could do for our communities, maybe positive things that that us as <coughs> medical patients will do. We, we need to start bringing to light the better side of this issue and the individuals that are involved. Right. Like what we were talking about earlier when we kind of started this show about how if all of the dispensaries and caregivers could get together and donate a little fraction of proceeds every year to schools and buy new books and, you know, have programs in place that show, look, we are good people. We're helping. This is our, our community just as much as it's yours. Our kids go to the same school your kids do. This is going to benefit all of us. I you would know? love to Different programs to a like school that. if I knew they would take the money. You know, I would love to help the educational system somehow, um, the food banks, you know, JCs that provides quotes for kids, all of it. But organization that sounds like um, to get some some school districts to accept drug money, we'd have to launder it first. Maybe we should get some organized crime in Montana so we could do that. Is that not coming from a good place? I, I don't know. Do you think it'll be perceived as not? Like, hey, how about I'm sick of your kids having the same school books that their mother is using? How about from that angle? Here's some new ones. We're not asking for anything in return. I, we I, want our... Maybe here. I'll just buy our kids the new books, and your kids can read out of the 1985 uh, version. I, th I think that we need to look at uh, programs. Um, the biggest concern... Um, 
is definitely younger individuals getting their hands on marijuana that shouldn't have it. Even even anybody in high school, like the, that 12 to 17-year-old age group, I think that's the main concern with most everybody. If kids were not interested in marijuana and adults wanted to use it, there wouldn't be an issue. Like hmm. people, if you were 45, I really don't think politicians are really going to give a shit that you're smoking marijuana. But the fact that it's getting into people's children's hands is the biggest issue. So I think But that, is it? Yes. Really? Yes, yes, 12 to 17-year-olds do smoke marijuana. Well, duh. And, and they are but, able to I mean, get it. They are able to get it, whether it's from their parents, whether they have bought it uh, uh, illegally on the street, or maybe they've – who, however they've gotten it, there are definitely individuals that are using marijuana that are not legal. And so that's their concern, and and mostly with the, with the younger generation, the do kids you... in school. So I think that uh, if if we were going to do anything beneficial, I think that we should make like a an effort to figure out what programs are best to um, to keep kids away from drugs. And see, the thing is, well, cutting um, educational budgets, the programs that they're cutting out for the kids are some of the programs that they've gotten rid of were like the only reasons I went to school, you know. And and they're cutting back, you know, uh, the performing arts budgets, and they're cutting back these things that kids are interested in and like to do. And what does that do? That puts them back out on the street at 3.15. Right. It gets them out to do absolutely nothing until they have to be home at late. And most parents are working two jobs. Most, you know, and, and so it's not this, this uh, we're in this atomic family. Like, you're on your own as a young man or a young woman in high school until your parents are usually home in the evening. And so you have all this time that is easy to get misled. And so... I, and I'm not saying that this is what's going to work, but here's an idea, is that there are things that kids are interested in other than drugs. And if there was a way for this industry to provide those types of activities... Um, that would probably be beneficial if we could if we could find what kind of programs kids are missing out on that there was a lot of interest in in the past and and help get those programs or get help get something going to show the community that we like that there are things happening to help keep kids off of drugs and if anybody has a better idea we'd be all ears you know whatever Absolutely. you know we'd be all ears let's 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 figure out what is really going to work for these young individuals to assist them and not falling into what is called a you know a drug problem right and a lot of the big cities i've been to i mean they've had these after school rec centers where you know kids could go when school was out and there was a lot of different things they could do and they'd get volunteers from all ever over to come in and help you know do basketball games soccer games they would do different classes and stuff, things that kids could get excited about, how to play the guitar, how to paint, how to do this, you know, teaching them different things and not so much of the school setting. Because when you're at school, you're... Right, it's prison. You're locked in there. You need, like, a fun... Something that fosters the kids' natural curiosity. I would like to see maybe some science-oriented stuff like that, that, you know, we need a generation of science... And scientists and, I'm all and engineers. For, I, I the STEM agree stuff. with you. I think that it should go towards helping kids in some fashion. 
I think the problem, though, with educating kids about drugs. That's not what I mean. I didn't mean, well, I mean, I didn't mean an educational process. Like, there's no way we're going to be able to change yeah, the way that schools okay. are educating kids about drugs. They're bad. Uh, and, and Schedule 1 drugs are drugs of abuse. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. And, and, and having these Schedule 1 drugs are, you know, these are illegal party drugs. And you're in high school. Party drugs. Like, why not? You know, we've already tried smoking cigarettes. We've already tried drinking. Probably smoked pot. And pot's in that same Schedule 1 category. Like, what's, you know, like, it's, it's, I'm already in that drug abuse category if I've used marijuana. So what's the, you know, like, there's a, I I think that people are kind of misled seeing that marijuana is in the same category as some of the Do you just think then a whole schedule system needs to be reestablished? Because if that's wrong, what else is wrong? Well, the whole reason why marijuana is in the pockets of the drug dealer on the corner is because it's illegal. It wouldn't be that prevalent if it weren't for that label. Right. Right? But pharmaceutical medications are there just as often. I mean, just on Thursday or Friday here in town at Glacier High School, we had um, several students arrested for selling pharmaceutical medications. Hmm. I mean... It, and now, I mean, problem. I guess you can you can approach it as what's worse, what's going to do more damage to them when you should, I mean, in reality, none of it's good, I guess, until you get to that age. Think about 18, it. 16, mm-hmm. what's, you know, whatever is decided. Well, I think being being a parent is always a large part of it. Well, yeah, and the parents definitely can't leave it up to the state to protect their children from every bad thing they're going to come well, into contact with. Why not? Because you had the kid. The state didn't. That's your child. It's your responsibility. Unless it's a ward of the state, then sure, it's the state's responsibility. But until your child is taken away and put into foster care or whatever, what, what about raise your the, own kids. I don't want to raise your kids. I didn't have kids for that reason. Like, do, do your everyone kids go to should, public school? What's that? Uh, do your p- kids go to public school? I don't school? have kids. That's well, what, okay, so, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I want to public Look at all school. the things that, that the government does to protect kids already. They right. They have schools. But there up, has to be have... a line. But, but, and see, my, yeah. We'll teach them about drugs, you teach them about sex, and we'll split the rest every other see, holiday. There we okay, go. Okay, as a mom. And I want my child support. When the school teaches your child something that you don't agree with, you know that's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> and you in the should beginning. know that <laughs> yeah. from the start that your child goes to school. They're going to be exposed to things that you may not agree with. Even if it's sitting next to a kid that's family believes in something different as your family. They're going to be exposed to everything while they're there. Justin. Your job as a parent is telling them what your beliefs and morals are. Trying right. to explain to them those things and hoping that they lead prosperous lives and make good decisions. Right. You give them the choices and uh, My guide morals them and towards... beliefs may not be the same as anyone else's. You may not agree with how I raise my child, but at least I'm taking responsibility for my child. Right. And that's what it has to come down to. Right. Otherwise, you go to the Senate and you're holding up your kids and you're saying marijuana just raped and killed my child. Now you have to do something about this. And that can't be, because that's a lie. We do that for a lot of things, though. Mm -hmm. Um, But do you think only because it's gotten so far to this point? Like, let's say, if you want to go eye for an eye, if you wouldn't have lied about the scheduling, we wouldn't have had to use cancer patients as poster children. And if you wouldn't have lied about this, then we wouldn't have had to do this. 
I mean, it's a whole... It's a back and forth, but... Hit me with it. Uh, I guess... I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely see what you're saying. I just think that... Uh, uh, if Let's say a different subject was put in the spotlight, and, and a lot of attention was brought to something else. World of Warcraft. Sure, go. Okay, so we, 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 bring, we bring awareness to the public through media and through uh, elected officials saying certain things about a topic, and is what it's going to do is it's going to stir the pot. And the people that have strong emotions for that subject are going to you know, stand up and say, absolutely, you know, that's absolutely terrible. Terrible, you know, and and this kind of goes back to thinking about what people are, are aware of and what they're concerned about. And so, uh, instead of instead of um, bringing awareness to drug abuse, we bring the awareness to medical marijuana and how all these people are getting it. Uh, you know, people aren't necessarily worried about which drug you're abusing. If if you're going to ask somebody, everybody's going to say drug abuse is bad. And 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 the forms of abusing cannabis are a lot like the forms of abusing other drugs. So the attention is brought to the people that are abusing cannabis, and so therefore medical marijuana is under fire. If we would bring out a lot more evidently like in our media and in our representatives to start talking about other drug abuse, we would see the same thing going on. The other unfortunate thing is is just because we have a problem with something in Montana, we're trying to make it illegal again. But but we have big problems with other things in Montana that we're not trying to make illegal. Matter in fact, there's not even bills or any any kind of talk of any sort of reorganization of certain programs that we have major problems with. Unfortunately, marijuana, a hot topic, is the one that's being you know brought up all the time. This is the one that's in everybody's conscious awareness. You know, and people, you know, because it's everywhere. It's been in the front pages of it's papers. Headlines. It's on TV. You know, and 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 really, whatever you bring into people's awarenesses is what they're going to find more important than things that aren't really talked about. Right. What do you think of? Uh, where to go? You guys are typing too much in the chat. Did you guys, Justin Fan says, did you guys realize Milburn and many other politicians have privately been laughing at you for months? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Much, much like a bunch of us have been laughing at them. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. It's a two-way street, right? <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Did you see? Okay, I'm sorry, because I know that they've been sitting there doing this about all of our testimony. Did you see that guy that was crying about that thing? But Knox, when he was speaking, and then ha- he was totally fine. No problems. Halfway through, right when he said, and I'd like to get personal, he broke down and began blubbering about his brother being lost. Because of marijuana? Yeah. Really? Okay. Sure. The the young girl that That's was in a high sad school story. talking about that she's lost all these friends, you know, because they got their medical cards. I, I really like that comment about what, what do most of the most of the fifty one minors that have their card go to her school and she just happens to be friends with all of them. Like Sarah Edmonds, a Missoula high school student, spoke in favor of repealing the act, telling lawmakers, "quote With a green card, it is a whole lot easier to make the wrong decision." I'm standing up here begging you to pass this bill because I have lost many friends over this, and I would like to get my friends back, and I would like. My friends to have their lives back. I just, you know. There are only 51 people under 18 in Montana who get medical marijuana legally. Does she know all these people? I'm pretty sure not. Well, and And maybe they just started smoking marijuana and didn't really want to hang out with her anymore. Yeah, because she was. (laughs) 
you guys are doing drugs. And they're here, like, here. You know, yeah, I have seizures and I'm using marijuana. And she, right. draw, you know, so we're not friends. Beliefs though, drew right. judgment on them. And okay, sure. she just she just wants her friends back because you know they 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 can't hang out with her because she judges them for using a drug all the time. But here, take your Adderall. Yeah, here's your Ritalin. What's Adderall? Amphetamine salts. Okay, uh-huh. sure, no problem. Methylphenidate. Good. Yay. Uh, well, How's was- the street value of that doing? By the way. <laughs> Dollar a milligram. While I was waiting to speak, um, I, I I found myself on the on the wrong side of the doorway at first. I because I'd been there from seven. I was one of the first people. I signed up second to speak, and and I found myself surrounded by people that were proponents or people that were going to speak out for repeal and 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 be supportive of that. And it was really funny the individuals that I'm sorry, not funny. It was interesting the individuals that were there to speak out for repeal and and. You have to realize the individuals that find it very important to go speak to the, to their senators about repealing medical marijuana are generally people that surround themselves with people that have drug problems. Like they work at chemical dependency clinics, and they're involved in children programs, and they and and so firsthand they really see they get to experience a lot of these young people that have problems with these substances. I don't think too many adults got up there and talked about a 40-year-old man that started using marijuana and he's he's has troubles now. There wasn't there's not too much talk about, you know, a mature adult having having serious drug problems or life issues because of marijuana. It's 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 always the younger individuals that are having, you know, a a, a dependency problem or are abusing these drugs because there's well for, well, for whatever reason that you abuse drugs when you're younger, I'm guilty myself. But I'm just saying that 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 these people that are speaking out for repeal are also just as involved as some of us patients. Like so, they really hear both extremes. They're going to hear the extremes of both issues, and 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 that's why I think but, I don't think that repeal is going. And this is another reason I don't think repeal is going to happen is because once you hear the extremes of both sides, I think that there's something in the middle that you have to come to, and and repeal is not in the middle. Repeal at is all, right. repeal is the proponent extreme, and 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 that's that's not going to make the decision a hundred percent. Well, and one of the things I was when Irv finally spoke he pointed something out that i think a lot of people liked because i mean i when i even told my mom about it she goes you know that that is a really good point and i and i hope that all of the people listening thought the same thing but he said that if this plant were brought out of the amazon tomorrow and, right. and it was shown everything that it could do the the person We'd that be discovered it, it would be you yeah, know Nobel. revered as the savior. I mean, he brought this plant that was able to help all these people. The baggage is what makes medical marijuana so wrong. The baggage from all of the reefer madness. That's why we're going through all these steps that we have to go through. Oh, I, I, I think mean, there's I tend a lot to more agree baggage. with the stigma and the baggage as being why the. The decisions that are being made, I think, are more of a moral decision for them. Is marijuana right or wrong? Monetary. Uh, you heard the senator ask. I mean, he said it right out for everybody to hear. How are we going to get the money out of this? I mean, he, he said that during the hearing. And so this is a this is a, a multifaceted issue. Like, 
There I'll is. tell you how you're not going to get the money out of it, and that's <laughs> yeah. by repealing it or making a hundred flaming hoops for everyone to jump through and have to go mm-hmm. get two doctors to sign and all that ridiculousness. That's how you're not. So let's work on how we are. How are we? Treat it like alcohol, tax it, done. Medical stuff is adhered medicine. to a higher standard. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, a, it's classified as you a branch it product. off. And then you're getting even closer to legalization, which is not. Well, you want the money. Is the full money going to be that or it's going to be split in half, higher standards for a medical side and the stuff you steal from the Mexicans on the recreational side? I don't care whatever they want to smoke. But the medical side has to be adhered to higher standards. Absolutely. And that's how you maximize it. You can't get all of you can't suck all the money out of one part of it. You know, and do the hemp industry also if you want to maximize it some more. There's so much that can be done with it. They're looking how to get as much out of as little as they can and that we have to not do that. It's unfortunate that creating jobs and well-being for Montanans isn't enough. True that. That, that, you know, by this individual having a job and supporting their their well-being, their life, their family, or whatever. And other people's well-being Absolutely. with that job. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How many smiles do you put on faces uh, every day? Countless. It's I mean, cool, right? That's a great feeling. Well, that's why I stayed working where I'm working is because there's not there's not a whole lot of, of jobs that uh, that you can get that you really influence the well-being or the quality of life in so many people every day. It's, it's, it's not – you don't get to find that everywhere. I used to, I used to wait tables, and, and, and that was cool too because you got to, you know, you, you got to give these individuals a good experience. Right, and, and they're out on their dates and all that. Yeah, and so That's you get cool. to put a smile on their face or, or be exceptional, and so they're going to you know, appreciate you for it. And, and the level of appreciation for some of these patients uh, is, is – did I, you I really used to it. do that? Do what? That's where I know you from. Yeah. Oh, my God. That has been <laughs> bugging me for like the last oh, no. week and a half. Oh, okay. No. I'm sorry. Continue. That's that's awesome, though. Pieces hey, I can't believe you didn't remember together. that. You're good at what you do. Yeah, no. no for real. For sure. No. That's awesome. Uh, serving tables is... is, is just a do- job to some people and it's an opportunity to others and 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 so in- improving the quality of life on people that come into my particular clinic I, it's it really feeds into that self uh, the self-actualization where you're you know you're doing something well enough to make other people feel comfortable and appreciate you for your good work and it's something that i enjoy doing helping these people feel that way and so it, it's 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 really a fulfilling job uh, more so than than I think any sort of like a, a typical pharmacist must feel because it's it's not a personal transaction at the pharmacy. Well, you and- come in, you you have your prescription, you get it filled, and when you come into you know my clinic, I one to one basis, we will go over exactly some some common traits between different strains. If you you know you can tell me some interests or maybe something you want to try, you know, and, and we can really like. You know, I can put you under my wing and tell you, you know, some some typical traits of things, and it, it can really be a personal experience. You know, you can you can really come in and and and, and be very specific for what you're looking for. You know, you, you have all of these different options to go for. You know, you have all of these these different choices that you can make, and to be guided along that decision making process and receive results that you didn't think were possible 
isn't that great? It's yeah, amazing. It's, it's it's so unique. It's it's so funny. On on the other end of that, you know, if if it, it, it I find it hilarious of uh, some of these new marijuana users that that are connoisseurs, and I mean, I mean like connoisseurs. You got twenty like wine, right? Yeah, twenty five kinds of marijuana, and ah, they're having a really hard time because right. they only really like two of them. Of course, you, you know, and, and ten years ago, looking for marijuana, there was only two kinds of marijuana. You took, yeah, the brown frown or no, the BCs. No, not even that. There was yes and no. You oh. would either buy it or <laughs> you right. wouldn't. You know, there was two kinds of marijuana, and so there we have go. we have all these these people that that have been introduced into marijuana in a dreamlike world compared to what it used to be like, you know, like, oh, do you want brownies and butter and cooking oil and mm-hmm. hash and keef and 12 different strains? Or do you want to do it this way or that way? You know, that's, it's- that's a new, that's new. And that's awesome that, you know, people that are getting introduced into marijuana, that's what they get introduced to. Not the, the shady, like, you know, yes yeah. or no Hold on, options. you give me the money and I'll be right back. No, I <laughs> yeah. promise. Wait right here, I'll be right back, I swear. <laughs> like three hours later. Yeah. Man, I got ripped off, didn't I? Yeah, you, you, you call, got ripped or off. Or you call them and they're at the bar listening. You know what I mean? You're yeah, like, right. Oh, Hello? Oh, we're I can't. waiting, we're waiting, you know? And so yeah. I, this this connoisseur-type approach to marijuana, and, and, and that's where like it has been so beneficial medicinally because I can help target certain conditions with certain different things and keep your you know your concerns and your fears at bay because i'm not going to direct you incorrectly or in in, in a way that would make you you know smoke sativa and get all jittery and and feel uncomfortable and be looking over your shoulder all night you know you don't have to take the risk of 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 getting that you know you you have the ability to really kind of be in control of what your medication is going to be with while being extremely specific extremely specific and um, I, I really wish I could bring. I really wish that I could, like, you know, inform people how like good they have it that that have been introduced to marijuana in a dispensary or in this medical community because the they don't remember the back quality, in before oh four. The quality, you know, most of the most of the strains that I see at dispensaries, the, the, those were like dream bags back in the day. Like, right? oh my lord, crazy purple! Like, no way, you'd wait mm-hmm. two years for that to come around, and these people get to pass it up like it's yesterday's old news. You, you know, know? Mm-hmm. it's definitely changed the whole how pe- so, how a lot of people view it, and well, I think some people are starting to take it for granted. A little one bit. of the things I think is really cool is like, for example, today. I, all of my patients knew that I was closed yesterday because I was in Helena. Right. Today, I had almost all of them show up at least once. Not all of them bought anything, though. A lot of them just came in because they wanted to sit down and talk to me about what happened in Helena. Right. You know, they they weren't able to make it because of work or they're dealing with some kind of sickness. And check this out. We just dedicated family. a whole show to it. There and, you go. And they, <laughs> you know, they came in and sat down and talked to me about it and then thanked me for going and, and for making sure other people got to go. And then they left. It wasn't even that they came in to buy anything. You know, yeah, they all asked me what I had and sniffed everything. Oh, but of course. You know, but that's then fun. they that's said, half okay, the fun. well, see you on my usual day. Bye. Glad you made it back safe. You know, it was nice. See, that's they're not beans. Be. Right? <laughs> Someone they said- were, there wasn't like broken windows and burned down houses and stuff. No, I didn't have a it's billion we notes don't. on the front door. <laughs> Where were you? It's because we don't live in buildings. 
Uh, somebody in this chat room was is talking about fourteen hundred employed. Seventy percent of these people were previously unemployed. Oh yeah, Justin and all, and Finn. All these, good, yeah. good numbers for sure. Nine. And, and all these numbers and things. And and uh, I received the 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 uh, this packet of information that I was supposed to fill out and send, which I did. And and that's where they they got this study done. Is they they contacted all the dispensaries and all the caregivers and and sent this thing out. And so unfortunately, though. They didn't really receive all that many packets back. They certainly got many, but not near as many as they sent out. Um, that, the 1,400 employed is what was reported. And so you have a lot of, um, uh, you know, most, most, uh, most caregivers only have one patient. And if let's say they're making any sort of income off of that, whether it be you know hundred dollars a month or something, the the those numbers aren't necessarily included in that kind of study, and so those numbers are really being um, they're very low, or they're they're lower than they should be, just because not everybody sent in that packet of information. Um, the other thing that that wasn't exactly clear is. I, I filled out how many people worked for our organization. I'm not sure if another dispensary, after talking to them, did that. They they said how many people worked at the dispensary. You know, they had three employees. And then when you talked about the farms, they're like, oh, well, there's you know, there's eight, nine people that work up over there. That's right, you know, that's a right. different scenario. Yeah, but, yeah. And so those those things, some of those numbers, like the 1,400 employed. I, I mean, there's there's almost three times that many caregivers. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's you know there's four thousand is it four thousand? Uh, Check the book. You got the oh book yeah, right there. Four thousand eight hundred and forty three caregivers. And so obviously not all of those people are reporting that they're making any money. But I'm sure that uh, I don't know half of them have to be making money. I don't I don't understand how you could be a caregiver and not make any money. Off well, of it, can unless you, you were cha- being charitable, a caregiver for yourself or for your. You know, uh, your grandma they don't or your count gran- someone stuff who's like a that. Caregiver for themselves as a caregiver because oh, okay. you or just fill family? out the patient form without a caregiver. Okay, selected. I see. Right. So, what so it, you're just considered a patient. But for if you did it for like your mom or something like that, right. then you would be considered. Right. If you're. And are you going to charge your mom for some some cannabis? Uh, double, at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's. The people that have one patient, um, which is a, a majority of about half of the caregivers, have only one patient, and and I would think a lot of those would be you know uh, the 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 wife gets the card and names her husband to be the caregiver or you know something along those kinds of lines. But there are several caregivers, thirty five with more than a hundred patients, and. If you have more than 100 patients, you need a crew of individuals to make that happen. For sure. Uh, 100 patients, that's quite a few plants, 600 at least. And and when you have 100 patients, you don't need to grow 600 plants to provide marijuana to all of them. That's the other thing is once you get a a large patient load, you're always way under your numbers. Like there's – you know, if if you grew 600 plants and – did them right, you would have copious amounts of pot. Regardless, you need a crew of people to do these things. And so I'd, I would argue that there are way more people than 1,400 that are making income off of medicinal marijuana. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, there you have it. Anyone have any thoughts before we wrap this thing up? 406-204-4687, of course. I think it's, it's definitely a positive thing, and I hope this uh, continues... 
to be able to be uh, ways of life for people. Yeah, exactly. Because that's great. Um, let's get to, before we get out of here, I did want to mention there's been two... There's been two states, okay, that are kind of proposing decrim laws, decrim bills. Connecticut and Rhode Island. Connecticut has Governor Dan, Dan L. Malloy. He says, hey, it's time to decriminalize minor marijuana use. He says, quote, let's accept reality. It's everywhere. Let's accept this reality. Uh, the Democratic governor's plan to reduce the penalty for possession of less than an ounce of marijuana from a crime to an infraction that carries a fine is the subject of a public hearing Monday before the legislators' Judiciary Committee. Possession of four under four ounces is punishable by up to a year in prison and a $1,000 fine. Malloy, he envisions a $100 fine. A $1,000 fine or a $100 fine? Mm. It's up to you. I'm going to go with a 100 Mm-hmm. Can I mail that in? Um, do you get to keep your marijuana? Sure, I would hope if, if so. You, if you pay the fine, do you get to keep your herb? I would hope so. Because if or do they not, take that and charge you. Can I bucks? just give you my herb and then I'll keep the hundred dollars and just go buy more? Or that that would work. Uh, quote: He says we really we don't really criminalize alcoholic offenses by and large. Driving while intoxicated aside, of course. Uh, we handle that very differently than marijuana, and we end up stigmatizing kids, creating records, and doing things to young people that, in the end, are not in their best interests. We start people down a criminal chain. I wish he lived in Montana. That's <laughs> right. That's good stuff. You do not want to start kids down a criminal chain because they have a plant that you say is, you know, evil and... The only reason it's evil is because it's against the law. Like, okay, well, that's not very sensible. It, it appears to be evil to them. Sure. <laughs> it, yes, thank you. My apologies. E-Prime over here. Uh, Malloy also believes minor marijuana arrests disproportionately impact minorities who cannot afford attorneys. Quote, there it takes on this racial aspect. I'm in some sense trying to level the playing field. High five, Malloy. Right? Yeah. This is good. This is good. I can see him getting reelected. You think? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, so, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, hotboxpodcast.com, if you guys want to read more about it. And then the other one uh, was in Rhode Island. And they're also having some lawmakers consider some decriminalization bills. Uh, this is a bill that will soon decriminalize possession of marijuana under uh, legislation pending in the General Assembly. The bill would make possession of less than one ounce of marijuana a civil offense, punishable by a fine of $150. Now, to, in order to be a civil offense, doesn't it have to be a crime against another person? Like, isn't that a civil offense? Because really, by being in possession of marijuana, you're offending whom? the law itself do you get what i'm like he said a civil offense uh current law makes possession of pot a misdemeanor punishable by fines of up to five hundred dollars and a year in jail prison mm -hmm. so well it's, yeah 12 states well, have decriminalized possession of marijuana rhode island legalized marijuana for medical purpose two years ago high five rhode island high five 
So, good stuff. Good stuff indeed. Looking positive, huh? Mm-hmm. Looking positive. Mm-hmm. And don't say all of your friends died because of marijuana, because that is a lie. Yeah. That is a lie, and you know it. That's so true. So, anything else? No. We're wrapping it up. Ian, thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much. Shandy, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Everyone in the chat, except for that guy, thank you. I'm just kidding. Thank you, that guy, too. We can all do this and work together. Uh, leave us a message when the show is not live at 406-204-4687, of course. Email info at hotboxpodcast.com. We got forums, uh, hotboxpodcast.com slash forums. And if you enjoy the show, you can give us some money, hotboxpodcast.com slash donate, of course. Uh, videos on the YouTubes and the Facebook page, facebook.com slash hotboxpodcast. Tell your friends, and we'll see you guys. Hey, who's hosting the Poetry Slam tomorrow? Matt. This guy. If you guys want to do Poetry Slam, I'll be hosting it at the Boiler Room tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's going to be a good time. And uh, we'll see you guys Monday for the other show and then Tuesday again for this. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And uh, goodbye. Bye. If you like you like this is where you need to be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the